Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Joseph, and joining me on the show is Alex from Title Boxing Club, Rochester in Pittsford, New York. Welcome to the show, Alex. How are you doing Thank you today? so much for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, Alex, I am very happy that you're here today. Again, thank you for hopping on the podcast. I'm, you know, very excited. So, you know, before we dive into the business side of what you have going on at your gym, you know, when you first got into business about five years ago or so, what was the vision you had in mind for this business for the long term? Well, that's a good question. Um, I wanted it to be a small place where people who never had thought about boxing before, or maybe they had and they just never tried it, um, or maybe they'd done it for a while and wanted to get back into it, where people pretty much of all levels, all experience levels, all ages, all sh shapes and sizes could come learn how to box in a place that's not super intimidating. I mean, everything new is intimidating, but less so than the, the traditional old school boxing gyms, which mm -hmm. I started in, which are very intimidating and they're not much really different atmosphere you're friendly they're not like hey we're going to teach you how to box um yeah. it's more like you're you're kind of sink or swim you're on your own for a lot of it um and so i wanted to be something really different than that uh we had moved to this new community i'm from california mm -hmm. originally my wife grew up here and i wanted it to be a part of the community right i wanted it i want to get to know people i want to know you know what not just their fitness goals but like what they're like what their lives are and sort of be a nice way to be ingrained in the community and just, you know, maybe yeah. a, a pillar uh, yeah. in my, my wildest dreams and hopes. So, yeah. Yeah. So more of an approach of bringing a community feel for everyone, not just a specific persona that may only want to go into it to, you know, fight someone, but more of like an overall fitness and lifestyle approach. Yes. So, you know, with that being said, Alex, for the listeners, you know, understanding of who you are, why don't you give them your elevator pitch? So what are the services you offer in terms of, you know, personal training group and who do you serve? Obviously everyone, like, but like, what is your ideal client profile? <laughs> well, there's no ideal client profile except somebody that wants to learn and get mm -hmm. better. Um, but we do boxing, kickboxing classes. We do them for all levels. Um, we do, we do private training. Our classes are, are relatively small. So it's, it's, less like a Zumba class and more like small group training. Um, they're very instructor led. As I touched on earlier, it's, it's opposite from a lot of old school boxing um, where you, you know, first time I walked into a gym like that it was a kickboxing gym. And it's like, there's somebody on their own kick in the bag. There's somebody skipping rope. There's somebody shadow boxing. There's someone doing something else. It's all, it's all just, you just come in open gym feel. Right. Um, and of course you see at a regular gym, you see somebody's on a weight machine. Someone's on, you know, Literally. It was something different than the other person next to Yeah. 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 But I wanted, uh, I, what we do is we redirect it like a class. So it's like, okay, we start off warm up. Here's exactly what you're going to do. And then we start off round one. It's a three minute round. This is the combination you're going to throw. This is how you throw it. This is why you throw it. And then we might add on some nuances. We'll add on like, okay, well, what if they do this? We do some defense, um, yeah. you know, we'll have burnouts where it's nonstop. We're really pushing that cardio, pushing the fitness. Um, we'll slow things down and get more technical. So it's very fast paced. Mm -hmm. um, I can say the first time I did a class at title, I was used to more traditional martial arts. That's what I'd gotten attached to after kind of not liking the sink or swim boxing approach. And we took a lot of breaks and there's a lot of talking, 
this is fast pace and there's a lot still a lot of talking still a lot of information but it's going fast and it's impossible to learn it all at first mm -hmm. um, but we've noticed that people can learn a lot quicker than other ways uh in our classes so for instance my wife always says this if you wanted to go if you want to learn french right you could get the books on tape you could take some classes you could practice on the house or you mm -hmm. could go to paris if you go to paris exactly. it's going to be insane you're, you're you know nobody's you're being thrown into the fire and just have to learn yes. it. yeah but you will learn french very fast <laughs> that way uh, mm -hmm. a lot faster so i feel like in some ways that's what our classes are like maybe not quite we're not as mean as the french um, but it's kind of that same basic uh, basic approach. So we have really, truly all types of people. I'd say probably, you know, kids is about 12 or 13 is a good cutoff age. Um, we've had some smaller ones do the classes, but to stay active and participating in everything um, for a longer class, that's harder for younger kids. Um, we've had people in their late 70s as okay. members, a lady who's 75 right now. Um, everybody really goes at their own pace because they're primarily on a heavy bag. Mm -hmm. the instructor gets to everybody so that's why again it's more like more akin to small group training than then then again i'll just use zumba as an example where you know they're in front of the class they're doing everything everyone's yeah. kind of in the everybody's just kind of doing their own thing but not exactly as the trainer's doing it right and the, but in this case the trainer's telling you how to do it then we come to everybody we come to their backs okay. we do yeah. mitts as well um with people just to get a feel for it kind of explain what's going on so it's yeah very directed um very intense and it's a lot of fun really i mean i'd say it's it's i'm biased of course but you know more fun than running on a treadmill yeah and lifting weights and people you get a lot out of it so um yeah, so yeah, something everybody can do for sure so it's mainly the private and the small group there with the you know general population overall so you know with all those things being said there, you know, how many people are you serving at your gym facility, Alex? I don't know the exact number, but we're kind of around the 300 okay. uh, range generally, sometimes a little over, sometimes a little under. Um, we can grow a little bit from there. Uh, I do like the small size though, as I mentioned, I like that I know everybody that comes in. Um, it's always good. Always but, you know, and I want to preserve that. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, if we got too big, that might be a little bit harder. Who knows? Maybe my brain can take it. <laughs> we'll know. see when it happens, right? Assuming so, it doesn't decline as I age. Exactly. <laughs> so 300 members right now, you know, you are looking to grow a little bit there, but don't want to go too much where you won't be able to handle it, right? So what is the size of your facility with those 300 members? Uh, it's about 2,400 square feet, not quite, like 2,375 uh, mostly heavy bags. We have some fitness equipment as well. Um, a little ring in the back. It's, it's about the space. It is about as maximized as it possibly could yeah, be. It, it does sound do like it. Yeah. It's got a 32 bag stand, um, front desk area. We have retail. Um, if I had it to do over again, I'd probably go a little bit bigger because storage is always an issue. Like we've got, mm. you know, we don't want to have a lot of clutter, but we really don't have much storage space. Yeah, you know, like the lockers, you know, so we're, we're filled. 300 members for 2,400 square feet. Very good job there because the like industry average is about 100 people per thousand square feet. So oh, wow. you're above that. So great All job, right. Alex. So, you, you know, I, I'm curious for the listeners here, you know, so they can learn from you. What have you done for the marketing? Have you gotten those people into your doors the past five years, Alex? That's an interesting question. And it, change has changed a lot as we've 
grown. Mm -hmm. um, I started off knowing nothing. So I came from the, I made video games for about 24 years. Okay. Um, complete opposite of this. I'd never owned a business. I never thought about it. Um, I didn't know what I didn't know. And I was, you know, I was in an industry that I, as I said, been in for 24 years. So I was very comfortable. I understood a lot about video game production. Um, all this other stuff scared me because it was just this black box. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's one of the reasons why we went a franchise route. We, we wanted to go with something that had a blueprint uh, that could be successful, that we knew could be. Mm -hmm. So with the title franchise, I've used title stuff for a long time. They, they started these clubs in like 2009, I want to say. Um, mm -hmm. But the, the, they've made equipment for years and years and good equipment. Um, so there's some name, name recognition there. I like that um marketing good, brand. Nope. good brand yeah yeah right right it's like you see it if you watch creed right they're wearing title gloves and a title exactly. chest pad um so I, I i went with pretty much whatever the franchise told us which was um you got to market in a lot of ways primarily on social media so facebook yes. instagram ads targeting people um in the ways that they do uh that would be the main thing but you'd also have to do lots of local stuff. So pop-up events, going to other events and setting up a table, um, mailers, even sending stuff in those, you know, in the mail to people within a certain square mm -hmm. radius. We did that. Um, they didn't really advise TV or radio too much, especially for a smaller place. Good. Um, but yeah. I tried radio just to get the name out there. So it's like people maybe have just some awareness around the local community. Yeah. 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 Um, and what else? We put flyers up in places. We have a lot of colleges in the area. Um, so we tried to approach it. Well, we left flyers at like coffee shop everywhere we could. You know, we mm -hmm. tried to approach it with just everything mm -hmm. um, to get the name out there. And honestly, I have no idea how successful a lot of that stuff was. Mm -hmm. um, the social media ads for sure were because mm -hmm. um, they brought in new leads. People would click on the ads. And at the time, we offered the first class free um, I think it's the first time we have the first week free mm. um, and then we've kind of changed it as, as we've gone. Um, but the, the events, even though we were told those are great, those are your chance to get on the game. Maybe it did help with that name recognition in the beginning to just like, maybe they didn't establish kind of like a presence. Yeah. yeah. So it's like in their head, it doesn't seem as weird to them. So maybe I hope so. Um, because in terms of lead generation, we got very little from that. You know, we yeah. got very little from people saying, um, they picked up a flyer or they saw it at their college or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, nobody said they heard us on the radio, you know, and that was probably the most expensive single mm -hmm. piece. Um, you know, as I said, I, I don't want to say it wasn't useful, but I quickly became, we got a lot more streamlined mm -hmm. as we started to grow our base a little bit. And I realized at one point after COVID, um, we had, because the one thing we had been very consistent with social media, again, because that's that's the number one thing. Mm. After COVID, we obviously stopped that because we were forced to shut down by the yes. state. So mm. I, I, of course, I'm not going to, you know, pay to have ads go out of our club. You can't well, go. It's not going to do anything, right? Yeah. Right. And then finally, <laughs> like six months later, we got to open back up. But at that time, it was very... I wasn't sure. Are we going to be able to stay open? Is it, is there, that was September, right? So what's going to happen when everybody gets cold for Christmas and are they going to shut us down again? So I was real. I'm like, I'm not even going to bring back ads. I'm just going to just hopefully people find us. I mean, we got a lot of people searching on Google boxing near me. I mean, the nice thing about doing a boxing club is it's, it's something different, right? I mean, there's always boxing clubs. Everywhere. Yeah, the keywords on Google will 
find you much easier because there's not you know a lot of boxing gyms around right 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 whereas if you did like fitness clubs or gyms near me you're gonna get it'll be a bunch a lot of stuff right yeah um so i didn't bring back the social media marketing and to this day i still haven't brought it back okay because while i would probably get some more leads the cost of doing it Mm -hmm. um the cost of paying the vendor and then the you know just the ads ad buys it, it's probably more expensive than, than even mm-hmm. a few more members. Uh, if I thought it would be really significant, I I do it. And certainly mm-hmm. I think if I was starting up, if you're starting up a gym, do it. Get into it yeah. um, but five years in now, it's, I, I don't know that we'll, we might do it again. We've talked about it. Um, but in terms of, because we're, because we're small and we're not trying to get a thousand people, mm-hmm. um, it's a little bit different for us. If you want a thousand people, yeah, you're probably definitely do, do it. Yeah. Uh, and I almost never do events anymore because the time it took, um, well, it's, it's another, very time consuming, yes. you know, in terms of the ROI on it. Like, yes. I mean, kind of like, for example, with all kind of like kinds of word of mouth things. Yes. It's the best in terms of price because it's free, but it also costs, you know, your time and you're not able to really control it. But with the paid advertising, as you said, you're able to turn it on, crank it up or turn it off and not have as many people come in, you know, at the same time. So, you know, for the listeners who want to eventually either get into a franchise or go that route, was the paid advertising guidance given by corporate or did you basically have to learn it by yourself and they give you something very small? It was, there were a few vendors that were approved yeah. and they had access to the corporate assets. Mm-hmm. So they, that was something they did help us with in the beginning for sure. Okay. Okay. So corporate did, provide you with some kind of education or like uh, a third-party agency so that you guys could do your paid advertising. Yes. Okay. Okay. So I kind of want to move into the, you know, sales process here, Alex. So when someone either hears about your gym or finds it online, what does the process look like from new cold lead to new paying member? All right. So usually the very first thing we do is we try to text immediately we have you know one of those things where you can text on your regular mm-hmm. computer um a crm by multiple people which is yep. great uh so we text as soon as that lead comes in and i mean literally within minutes we text them um and just something like you know hey it's alex pedal boxing club saw you sign up with this online you want to check out a class um because usually that's how we get the leads i should have started with that people go to our website and it's like says you want to try a class and you put in your information And then we get back to them. There's also auto email too, that they get Mm -hmm. as well. Um, Texting has by far been the most effective uh, way to get in contact with people. Mm -hmm. Um, Emails. A lot of people don't check their email. A lot of people's emails are inundated with other stuff. Um, Phone calls, they interrupt people. Mm -hmm. Um, People are at work. People are having dinner. Um, I, you know, I'm, I like the good old fashioned. Yeah. Let's talk on the phone so I can really get to know you. Believe me. That's, that's, why I'm in this. But at the same time, I found I was mostly just annoying people. Mm-hmm. And I also found out I should never be the one that calls because I sound like a sales guy. Okay. And I immediately I just turned to like, hey, hey, a uh, lot of sales are you doing this? Up. Yeah. <laughs> immediately go into this shutdown mode. Um, so, you know, I have when we do phone calls, which we do, um, if they don't respond to the original text, um, mm-hmm. I usually have someone who sounds nicer than me do it <laughs> or, yeah. less, or less like a salesperson. Um, but yeah, I would say so. Mostly it's that quick text goes out. 
um, if, you know, usually they respond pretty quickly, sometimes they don't, um, you know, we'll follow up with an email and eventually we'll probably follow up with a call later in the evening. Um, so it's not catch people at work. Usually it's messages. Cause I would say it, maybe 20% of the people aren't, aren't going to pick up the phone at, at most. Yeah. Um, so for us, and I'm, I'm sure I, I've talked to other title clubs where it's very different for them. Uh, but for us, texting has been, it's far quicker it's easier. It's now that we have a link to, for them to fill out their information. It's just yeah. boom, there's the link. Kind of like streamlined it. Yes. Um, you know, and I, I we don't we don't do a lot of if somebody doesn't respond, we'll wait um a little bit, text them and say, Hey, want to see if you're still interested, but we don't do a lot of like every day call, every day text. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of places that do that. Um, and I know that, you know, there might be some people they can rope in that way. I just don't like it. Mm -hmm. And I found that it's very, we, we did that more. It's like one of those things, again, we did when we opened more because we were told to, um, but so little came of it, like mm -hmm. in terms of somebody that just was like, oh, it was that extra text that got me in. So yeah. it's a lot of work um, for, yeah, just, just not a lot of on return. Okay. So mainly utilizing the texting there through a CRM through, you know, to like the leads that opt in there. Okay. Hmm. So, you know, this next yeah, question we don't I have any for cold, you. Cold calling or cold texting. Okay. Okay. Oh, yeah. So, so only for all, the all people who opted have... into an advertisement Correct. or, you know, opted into the website. Correct. Yeah. So my next question here for you, Alex, I always like to ask this because it gets the listener and, you know, like the guests like yourself thinking it's, you know, what is the biggest bottleneck that you're facing right now in your business in order to grow to the next level? Oh, that one's easy. Um, staff and my own ability to let go of things, okay. combination, and they're both intertwined. Um, I would like to open another club in Buffalo, right? Buffalo is not too far away. Um, but that means I have to do other stuff right now. I and my wife, we teach the classes. We, you know, communicate with leads and members. We do everything. We clean the place. We have, we have some help, um, yep. but that's been a consistent challenge because it's part-time work and people leave and, you know, economy, yada, yada, yada. So it is mostly my wife and I, doing the work it's like this is a a child who we take care of yeah, and we love this it is your baby basically it is and yeah. it's it's a labor of love like there's different definitely different kinds of gym owners um and i've met ones that have never stepped in their gyms and they have a bunch of them and they have some in towns and it's purely an investment i mean they like it it's a good mm -hmm. thing that they want to invest in but um but they look at it from that way. This is a labor of love for me i'm trying if i wanted to make a bunch of money i probably would not have done this um, but I love doing it and I really enjoy teaching and I really enjoy helping people on their fitness journeys, especially with my favorite thing, which is boxing. Um, so I'm very involved in it and nobody is going to care more than me. So that makes it very hard to let go and say, okay, well, you can manage the other club, you know, and, and, uh, here's the guidelines and all that. Cause I'll, I'll go there and I'll like freak out cause it's not <laughs> my way. Um, which I guess makes me difficult. Uh, to work with. But uh, again, it's, it, it comes from a good place at least. So I would say that, and then of course, finding, finding capable staff to do it is very, yeah. very hard. Um, the I've, I've asked other members, other owners that, that do that and just have a manager that handles everything. And in a lot of ways, they just have to let go. They have to just say, 
you know what? It's not going to be great. Yeah. You know, but I've got a bunch of teenagers running it, but as long as, you know, it, the, the place is still doing okay, I'm, I'm going to let it go. Yeah, um, here that would just yeah. be hard for me. It's, um, um, it, it's especially hard in this, you know, time right now, because not a lot of people want to work. Right. Um, so mainly right now it is the staffing and more of, you know, becoming the business owner working on it rather than in it. Right. Um, so my last question for you, Alex, I always like to ask this too, to more of like think towards the future. What is your, you know, short-term three to six month goal for this business? Well, I'd say in first, we want to make sure that I don't think we'll ever be this. It'll ever be the same after COVID, mm-hmm. um, but I want it to be sustainable. And I'm still in that like unsure how's it going to go? Because normally, you know, uh, not so Jan- late January, but February, March, great months for us. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, I think they were, they were good last year. I just want to, I'm still like unsure. So make sure that we're still doing okay. We're still bringing new people in or we're hopefully finding new ways to reach people. I would like mm-hmm. to do that for sure. Um, I try that every once in a while. I, I mean, I could have talked forever about the marketing thing. Um, every once in a while, we'll try something new. And usually, nothing happens. So it'd be good if I could actually find another pipeline for that. Um, I would love to hire more trainers that are good, um, that I can trust and can do one-on-ones with people. Cause that's another thing I do one-on-ones as well. And, and I want to do one-on-ones, but I can't because I'm doing so many other things. Um, and, and, you know, again, I would like to know if see the horizon of opening another club. Cause I think it would, you know, there's, there's other places around here where it would do well. I mean, you know, like, like we're doing at least, and uh, it'd be fun to bring that to other markets. So uh, that's probably, I mean, I don't, I don't know how far along I'm going to get on that in three to six months, but mm-hmm. it would be nice if it's like, it's still in the mind there in the forefront right, of your mind. It's like, like, okay, I want to I'm achieve now, like, I'm looking at space. I'm doing spreadsheets. I've got mm-hmm. someone in mind that can do it. Doing the math and trying to figure out how to get there. Yeah. Or potentially there are other title clubs that aren't, I mean, none of them are within like four hours, but maybe another one, if the owner's looking to sell, that might be good to kind of yeah. um, take another one since it's something I know and, and can mm-hmm. do and like doing it. So. Yeah, Yeah. Alex. Well, thank you for sharing those goals. And I want to thank you for taking the time out of your day to hop on the podcast. Yeah, thanks Um, for having me. Exactly. So, you know, before we sign off, what are your social medias and your website so our listeners can find you? All right. Well, website is just titleboxingclub.com. And you'll find our location. There's about 150 of them. So if you just type in Rochester, New York, uh, we should come up. And then Facebook, what are we? We're just, I think we're, if you just go Title Boxing Club Pittsburgh, I believe you'll find us on, on Facebook. And then um, for Instagram, it's TBC, T is entitled, B is in boxing, C is in club, underscore um, Pittsburgh, P-I-T-T-S-F-O-R-D. And yeah, I have a blog as well. We have a YouTube channel. I do mostly just like weekly boxing mm-hmm. tips on there as well. Um, that's something I like doing. If you follow us on social media, you'll see what I mean. Um, and yeah, that's it. I think that's it. What else is there? Snapchat? I don't think we do that. I didn't know anything about social media going into this. It's funny. Until you were introduced to I worked it in tech, yeah. but I knew nothing about social media. I didn't have 
Facebook account. I mean, I think I had a MySpace one that I started and never did anything with in like 2005. Um, my wife luckily understood that and uh, has kind of helped me learn. But um, but yeah, I'm still like the old guy that, that no worries <laughs> can't that figure it out. <laughs> and there's going to be new ones and I'm going to be, whatever happened to whatever happens, happens, Facebook. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Well, Alex, again, thank you for hopping on the podcast today, you yeah, know, yeah. sharing your insights and learnings and, you know, your story about being a gym owner. And to everyone else who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. And don't forget, yeah. if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. And if you're interested in joining us to talk about your gym, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Hannah, and joining us on the show is David from Evolve out of London. Welcome to the show, David. How are you today? I am very well, thank you. Very well. Had a lovely day coaching. It's nice and sunny. Couldn't be better. Awesome. I know. Good weather puts me in the best mood for the whole day, so... I feel you on that, but I'm super excited to have you on today. Um, before we dive into everything um, and how you run Evolve, first tell us a little bit about what made you want to start the gym in the first place. I grew up, I grew up, um, both my mom and dad run their own businesses. I grew up on a farm, middle of middle of nowhere, so I've always kind of liked a little bit of hard work. Um, from there, I was an athlete, professional athlete, had a bit of fitness, uh, love and when i went to went to university in london i'm scottish went to london for university got stuck into rugby and then because of that stayed down didn't return to the farm stayed in london um got into a gym it was it was pure gym and pure gym were just opening in london which was 2010 ish um took a little pt job loved it but at the same time the hours were horrible cleaning treadmills cleaning floors tr training classes just to pay my rent um in the studio got seven eight years down the line ended up training with a, a guy called ashton who i now run a business with um he was in the same place as me so we were doing loads of hours struggling to make more money because there's only so many hours in the day and you can only you know put your prices up so much so we wanted to try and see how we can make more money from it so we tr we wanted to open a space one of our clients found a space but couldn't run a gym so then we kind of tagged along with him so there was three of us we went in we found a space we opened a gym and uh ash and i are now seven years in with passion for fitness um little hard workers but um for being further down the line we we are trying to step back from the coaching aspect a little bit because we are not spring chickens anymore so is it just the two of you now as partners or do you still have a third partner in the business yeah we so scarily we bought our th uh, third partner tom we bought him out six weeks before lockdown ah. which 
which which was slightly terrifying when lockdown happened because we were ever so slightly out, out of pocket. Um, yeah, okay. But there's any go. Yeah, tell me about 2020, like when the pandemic hit, how did you guys pivot? How did you come out on the other side? Um, so we were probably in we were in a really good, we were in a really good place. We we were like, we were growing quickly. We're in a place that, like I said, we bought our our third director out. And we only did that because we knew we were growing quickly. And then when it hit, the pandemic hit and we had to shut down, we kind of froze. We did not, we lit, well, we closed the gym and for a week we just we were just like, <laughs> we, we were like, we have no idea what to do. And there was no, there was no guidance on, hey guys, do this, because nobody really knew. So what we did, I I went back to Scotland. Um my business partner stayed a little, he lives, he, he lives close anyway. And then what we did is we we said to everyone in the gym, we're like, you have three options. You can cancel, you can pay an online rate, which was circa 50% of our average spend per member, or you carry on pay fully, carry on paying full. Completely your option. We will try and do seven or eight hours a day um, of coaching. Um, we gave every single bit of kit we had in the gym out, not the barbells, because I didn't want them being left outside. All the all the discs, all the kettlebells, all the dumbbells. We just gave them out. I, we didn't record really very well who who had what. We just gave them out, um, and we just went online and did about a thousand Zoom sessions. So I have haven't been on Zoom in a very long time. So this is a nice little return. Um, we recorded them all so that people could revert back classes of the small group PT, and we just literally kept going as best we could. And that's actually, cool. surprisingly, 70% of people kept paying full price. That's amazing. How many people were like in your online sessions? So we, we, we limited it. So we, we did, we didn't do any one-to-one. We did the classes, we, which we just went do like as many people as, because classes are very easy to do on Zoom. You just, there's very little, it was more body weight. Um, for the PT, we limited it to six. The small group, we still limited it to six because we still wanted, to, like if you were trying to teach an, if you're trying to teach someone how to do a, you know, squat with a bag of rice or you're trying to step up and you can't see them because they're at the back back of the room, like you can't do that with 20. So the whole point was we will still try and deliver a good service because you're still paying. So we're not going to fill the screen with 20 folk because I won't be able to see you. So the, the whole point was we will still try to deliver a service because you are still paying us. So, um, yeah, we still we limited six people in the small group and then we did we opened the classes up to everyone. That's um, awesome. That's really unique. I like that. Um, okay, yeah. so so give us like an elevator pitch of Evolve. Like, how do you describe it and the services that you offer to a client who's never been in before? So we, when we opened Evolve, what we wanted to do was create a a different kind of gym that is predominantly in London. So majority of people, or the majority of gyms, will chase twenty to thirty year olds who are fit, strong, love compete, love doing the competitive stuff. And either slog them, and then you've got the the yoga, the Pilates, the bit more uh, recovery aspect side of things. But then nobody targets the forty five and fifty lot, who are a little bit more broken. They don't move around as much. They've got a bit more money, so we target them. So we we kind of our focus is um, the demographic is a little bit older. We it's optimal, not maximal. We don't try and crush you. At no point is it who's the fittest. 
because we know who's the fit is and it's definitely not Jane, Bob and Steve like and they're just, it's just going to make them feel crap so we we try and make it super nice super comfortable they'll have fun they're not there to see who's the fittest because most of them aren't um we're not going to break you usually they're sometimes a little bit broken when they come anyway so it's more of a just make it a nice space for people to come and train and then you're usually better at staying anyway because of their because of their age yeah definitely so that's that's super important, like giving people that don't fit into one of those other categories yeah. a place to be healthy and fit because it's for everybody, fitness is. So I love that you're kind of filling that gap there. Um, so how many members do you have right now? We have 135, 140, and then about 10 to 15 on trial. So circa 150. Okay, sweet. And is that somewhere that you are comfortable staying? Are you looking to grow? What's your goals there? um we worked out probably the most we could have is about 180 185 because at that point we then need more coaches which would then earn us less money so the most profitable we'd be is about 180 um and we found actually that we can have so before covid we used to have a being in london the majority of the folk that came to our gym were either working in the city or working in Canary War. So it was, it was, could be a you know, 45 to an hour minute commute to the gym. People aren't going to the work anymore. They're, they're working from home. So we're super busy in the morning till about 11, 12. Evening crew is, is dead. So we've actually spread our, rather than being just being busy 6.30 till 8.30 and then 6, 6 until 8 in the evening, we've now spread out everyone throughout the morning. So we've got a bit more capacity. So um, we might go to more than 180, but um it's uh yeah that's it but 180 so would your goal be kind of to to fill up those morning classes more or get yeah more massively yeah 100 we've got we've, we've recently there's one lady came in and she's got she's you know part of this this group of of uh parents and on, on, on a whatsapp group and she just recently messaged out everyone she got about 110 of them and she just fired it out and like that's the kind of time you know 9 30 10 30 where we don't usually require two or three coaches but we've got the, like we today i was just sitting about i could have quite easily done another session so that's where we can fill up 6 30 7 30 is will is will fill pretty quick so we can't keep attracting the 6 30 7 30 crews or we just get wait lists and just get people who are a little bit frustrated can't get in so we we do need to change it to the parents who are dropping off the kids or the crew who are super flexible at work or some find some people who want to train in the evening <laughs> Yeah. Okay. That leads me to kind of your marketing strategies. How do you find, you know, your demographic and, and get them into the gym? Um, we, so our Instagram, we have nobody on there with a shirt off. that looks dirty and shredded. Like that's all of our Instagram crew is the people we want. And that is, it helps because it's the people we've got, but it's, it's on our Instagram. It looks, it's, it looks like, you know, the 50 year old who's super fit or the someone who's sat at their desk and like, they just look, fit able strong but they're it's it relates to our adverts so our adverts are um like our like we kind of we do we do a little we literally do a video what we do we'll stand in front of someone that's that they'll re recognize like the fulham football club so they can they, we see the video and they're like oh i recognize that that's from us and we just literally ask if you know if, if they're we target the 40 year olds and we just say like do you want to come down do you feel like you're lacking energy you're losing tone and you just want to get a bit fitter. And we just literally ask the question and we fire it out to people who are between 30 and 60 in the Fulham area within one mile. And then we just 
ask for their name and their email address and then they give it and we call them. Nice. Are you running, are you running these ads on Instagram or Facebook or Facebook and, Facebook and Instagram? Yes. And do you see a good return on this? Um, yes. Okay. Yeah. So, so we spend say 1500 pound a month and we will sell five. Well, we need about five to six trials off the back of it to cover the product, to cover that. And we usually sell about eight. So we'll cover our marketing spend. And then off the back of the trial, we then convert 50% of them onto memberships. So we'll, we'll always make our money off of them, 100%. Awesome. 100%. Okay, that's interesting. Have you done any other sort of paid advertising or you just stick to social media? Uh, referrals like, for example, that lady, uh, Jill, sending a message to her WhatsApp group of 110 like-minded people. Yeah. <laughs> that's huge. We, do, we don't push referrals. Um, but we definitely could do that. Definitely could do that more, hundred percent. Okay, so okay, I'm interested. Once you get somebody in the door, like they they're interested because of your ad, how do you get them to kind of stay and sign up? What's your process there? Your we have a yes, we have. So when if they've clicked the link and we've called them, the first thing before they've t- we've taken any money, the first thing we do is get them in for a consult. Before no money, no money transaction, completely free, thirty minutes. It is our 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 goal is to sell the trial, hundred two hundred and forty nine pounds. Sell the trial. We 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 take them through a movement screen. So ankles, knees, hips, shoulders, thoracic. Literally, how do you move? Show them a little bit how we can coach. Um, identify a few weaknesses and and then and just ask them about them, their goals, their history, training, what they want out of it. We can do their body fat. We don't have, we don't push it on them, but it's like if you want to do some stats, we can a little question about nutrition, health, et cetera. And then we just have a, a small talk about what we actually do. Cause it's like a lot of people don't care what we do. It's like, what can we do for them? Like what are the results? Cool. We talk about results, like what kind of pain we can take away. Um, and then we just, we've got a, pretty much a hundred percent conversion rate on the, the trials. So if we can get them in for a trial, get them in for a consult, we usually will sell them on a, a, a trial. Um, the trial is then either 30 days or, or six weeks. Um, we pretty much give them a full membership and we have 30 days or, or six weeks to convert them into a member. And if they don't, then it's that's bad on us. How often are those converting into members? About 50, 50%. So we, if, we, if we get 10, we'll sell six. Um, so it's that's 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 fine. I mean, we, like there, it's ex, it is expensive. So we know it's not for everyone. And and two hundred and forty nine pounds for a trial is already a lot. Our average our average spend on a membership is two hundred and seventy two hundred and eighty pounds a month. So it's a lot, but we can't be the best and the cheapest. That's what I'll say. That's true. I totally agree there. Yeah, you have to give them value, and it also helps with the buy in. Like they're going to be way more accountable and and. Yeah. It if they're paying that versus like a ten dollar membership at a big box, hundred percent. And because it's because it is expensive, that's why we well we we will we have six weeks. If like if we can't prove over six weeks that we are worth your two hundred three hundred quid, then we're not. Like we we need we we've got we will see you three or four times a week for six weeks. Hopefully over that time you you know that we are worth it, and for sixty percent of the time it works. 
Yeah, definitely. Okay, I like that. Um, okay, so what's your goal going forward or how are you going to accomplish the goal of getting more people into this classes? What are you going to change in order to, to fill those classes up? Um, well, we, we've we actually lost quite a few people coming into the classes from because we, we used to work with ClassPass a lot. But now we changed our booking system from MindBody over to a company called Quooks. And they haven't got an integration with ClassPass, which is really annoying. And I didn't realize that. So they won't do an integration with ClassPass. So we now need to work harder to get more people into classes. Um, we, we never did a class-only membership. And last week, we are going to reintroduce that. So, so basically, all of our memberships, you need to have one, two, or three small group PTs per week. Um, but I think now with this whole credit crunch, I think people are just are just struggling to, to, find, to find all the money. So we're going to in, kind of add in a, a lower price option for classes only um, so that there is an, another option. And if people drop down, that's fine. At least they're staying. But... Um, we're going to add a, a a lower price option there to get more people in. Okay. What's and also your- work on retention because it's easier keeping people. If if we add ten and lose ten, it does not help. <laughs> so keep people smiling. Yeah, definitely. I was on that hamster wheel too when I was managing a studio. It felt like you know we'd get seven people in, but then eight people would quit that month. And yeah. yeah, it's definitely that time oh. of year too where where that's happening a lot. Um, but what's your experience been with ClassPass? Um, so we were we were with ClassPass right from the get go, but we knew because we like we we knew quite a lot of the other gyms who were already with with ClassPass, and we we knew what their rate was. So, for example, with ClassPass, that you get a percentage revenue of your one class price. So, if, if for example, we charge ten pounds to to come and use a class pay as you go 10 pounds then we would get a percentage of that and class pass would get the rest so knowing that we put our one class price at 20 quid nobody would pay like people seven years years ago people weren't paying 20 pounds to to go to to one class but that meant that our fee from class pass was actually quite large um and then we end up getting 5000 reviews being four uh, going being at 4.9 in london and there was only five other gyms at 4.9 in london so we did quite well on classpass would but, you say classpass was more like a marketing tool or like an income source uh, or income income first but i think we probably got 20 members from it over because what we found in london is a lot of people from classpass would come in or go into go into a lot of gyms and kind of be put in the back of the spin class or kind of not be treated as real members. Whereas like when when if I've got a class of 10 and one's a class pass, I know nine names immediately. It's if if you walk in the door, I'm like, hey Bob. And they're like, how do you know my name's Bob? I'm like, well, because I know the other nine. Like I don't need to know exactly your name is Bob, but on my list, there's only one name I don't know. You walk in, hi Bob, there's a bottle of water, come in, here's a sweat towel, you're a member for the day. And because maybe i don't know whether everyone people weren't doing that but we were and uh we just got we we got members out of it and then people start talking people start coming to us regularly from class bass and then they kind of moved over um so it was definitely a marketing tool for sure just because it got us out there but revenue now that it's gone the revenue definitely hurts <laughs> for sure 
Yeah, definitely. I use ClassPass for a brief little bit, but that was my experience too. Like I'd go to a very small studio and like everyone knows each other and the instructor knows everyone. And then you just kind of feel like a little bit out of place there and like a spin class where everyone knows each other. So I like that you're you're still calling them by name and making them feel welcome. Yeah. So I'm not a member yet. So that's awesome. Yeah. Um, okay. So as a business owner, I'm sure you're very busy. You were telling me about your day a little earlier. How do you keep organized? How do you keep, you know, all your tasks in line day to day? Um, I don't always, if I'm, if I'm honest, um, because there's two of us, it helps. So there's myself and Ashton. So we, well, within the business, we have, we have, I have some roles, he has some roles day to day we still, well, every week we'll still do 20, 25 hours of coaching, which is still tiring. But um, day to day, I'm a, I'm not the most organized person, to be honest. I don't I don't have like a get up and I write my stuff out that I've got to do for the day. Um, I've just done it for a long time and I know what I need to do. And that's not very, it's not very inspirational. Sorry. No, it's okay. You've been doing it for a while. You kind of get into a routine. That's really fair. Just got um, to do it. Yeah, I'm definitely not an organized person either. So I like to ask people, I'm like, what are you doing? Because I'm, no, I'm sticky so. notes everywhere. <laughs> no, I, I mean, some, I make a lot of, I put a lot of alarms on my phone. I'm the guy with like 30 alarms or like Google. I'll make some Google, like I have Google Calendar. So I do have some notes and stuff, but I don't have a daily, you know, a daily routine where, I'll, you know, I don't sit down at night and write down what I must achieve tomorrow. Um, so... That's fair. That's fair. Okay. So you're still coaching like 20 to 25 hours a week. You said, is that something that you're looking to move away from as the business grows? Would you like to be more of like out of the business owner? Uh, I love coaching. I don't, the the whole online coaching I struggled with because there was no, like just telling someone how many reps to do is not coaching to me. Like I like the whole, like, seeing they're doing it wrong, like, like moving them into place, like just adjusting it or like, if they can't do it, grabbing someone else, like grabbing a different bit of kit, right. Do this instead. Like there's a whole aspect of coaching that's just missing if it's online. And like, that's the part I love. And if I was to step back from coaching and just do programming or something, like I love programming, but at the same time, it's there's the, I like the interaction part. And I think that's what I offer a huge amount to the business. Um, but, um, I mean, if, if I'm always in the business, it's, I won't, what happens when I do step back? Mm-hmm. So it's, I mean, Ash and I, we both, we're both good at coaching. We both like coaching, um, but there will be a time where we have to step back. So we do have to, like, we, we've got a really good coach called Dale and he's very good. And we're trying to get him doing more and more. Um, and at a point he will have to do more and more when I do less and less and Ash does less and less. So at the moment, I will like to keep coaching. Yes, I would like to keep coaching. Um, but it's inevitable while I will have to do less. Yeah, it's definitely. What What's your plan when, when you do want to step away? Will you hire more coaches? Like what do you have to have in place? Yeah, I think, um, I think if one of us was to step back, we'd have to have another coach in there because, I mean, Ash could, if I was step back, Ash could quite happily run the business. He's, he is the majority of the business. Like he, he basically runs the business and I run the sessions. And, um, but We'd ha- we'd definitely have to have another coach, and either Dale or the person who replaced one of us would have to be pretty pretty on point with what they were doing. Um, but in terms of finding new coaches, like when we when we we're hiring new coaches, it's so hard to find new coaches. Um, because all when, all when you get a resume or a, a CV, all it tells you is their qualifications. Like 
it doesn't tell them if if they're a nice person. Like you can make anyone a nice coach, anyone a good coach, but you can't make people nice people. So it's super hard. And it, like people will just tell you what they want to tell you, tell you what you want to hear. So, you know, three or four months down the line, then you realize that they're not actually hardworking and they're, you know, they don't like the early mornings. So we, it's very hard to find someone who they would replace us, not because we're irreplaceable, but just because it's very hard to find really good coaches. Yeah, I've been hearing that a lot, especially lately, that finding coaching is getting harder. I think people are a little bit turned off now by the schedule of a personal trainer, the erratic, early, late. So yeah, I definitely understand that for sure. It's a hard sell. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you have to love it. You have to find people that are really passionate about fitness and and helping others because yeah, it is, it's not easy work. That's for sure. No. Um, Okay, David, before we close out the episode, um, tell the listener something that you wish you would have learned um, before you started the gym. Like what would be your biggest piece of advice to someone who's looking to start their own gym? Ooh. Um, I would say it's don't treat the gym like your baby. Like people are there. People are there to get fit. And obviously it's nice to make sure that they get everything out of it. Um, but at the same time, it is a business and for example if you you know if you've got really good really good clients and they've been there for three years and you don't put the price up for three years and then you end up not actually making very much money out of it it is a business and at the end of the day if people aren't willing to pay your new prices then do they are they worth being there there's there's so many things that you can attach emotionally to a gym that is very hard to get past so I would say if you start a business, don't give anyone legacy prices forever. Don't, oh, it's, it's very hard to, to just have it as a business when it's such a relationship kind of um, really like based job because you make friends with your clients. You like you go out for dinner, you have su- like such good connections. But it's, I would say it is not your baby. It is a business and try and treat it like that. Um, and if you have the budget, definitely don't do all the business, all the coaching and everything. And don't be, you have to have all the hats on to start with, but as soon as you can start stepping back because then it's easier to make business decisions or decisions on the business, but not while you're in the business, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. I think it, it, all of that comes down to like setting good boundaries, like with your clients, your coworkers, your trainers. Yeah, definitely. Whenever I was managing, it was easy to give everyone my cell phone number. And if you need yeah. anything, text me anytime, but then I'm getting like clients at yeah. nine o'clock at night. Like, can I reschedule? And that's yeah, not healthy for you. Yeah. hundred percent. And, and I, I, I listened to a few of the podcasts you've done. And there's a few people who are, who, who are exactly the same as that. And there's also a few people who are like, you know, my main, my main aim is to get people fit. And that is, and it's like, that's, that could be true. And that's a hundred percent. But at the same time, if your aim is purely to get people fit, then it's might not work as a business. And it, so if you want to make money, you have to, like you said, set boundaries, hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. At the end of the day, it is a business, no matter yeah. how much we love fitness. So yeah, definitely. I totally agree there. Um, well, David, thank you so much for your time today. This was a Welcome. great episode. So many good takeaways. But before we go, tell us where can we find you? What's your Facebook and Instagram, your website? So everything is at Evolve353. Um, website, Evolve353.com. Um, most of our content is on Instagram. 
Um, Facebook is mostly our private members. So yeah, Instagram is where you'll find everything. Okay. At Evolve 353. Awesome. Evolve 353. Everyone check them out on Instagram. David, thank you so much for your time today. Um, can't oh. wait to see what you accomplished on the road. Um, to everyone who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lloyd's out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on the show are Tanya and Nathaniel from Max Level Fitness and Athletics in Saratoga Springs, New York. Tanya, Nate, welcome to the show. How are you today? We're doing great. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. We're good. It's Friday. Excited to have you guys here. Thanks for making some time, sit down, have this conversation, give back to our fitness industry a little bit. Before we kind of dive down the path, talking about your business, give us a little bit of background, I guess, like a brief background as to what it was that led to you going and opening this thing up. Sure. Do you want to start? Um, so I'd say we've both been in the industry for him probably 10 years, me probably seven or eight. Uh, we both worked at different gyms. I worked in um, PR for a global agency from home. So my background was really different. I started working out at a boxing club that I ended up coaching at because I think my former dancer life really made it transferable to working out. And I just loved doing it. Um, Nate was in school for exercise science and renting space from another local gym. And then we kind of outgrew that space and we were pregnant for our first son in March of 2019. We ended up getting our own space and going from there. And then during COVID, we knocked on a wall, took over this gym behind it. So we doubled our space to 7,000 square feet inside. And then we added an outdoor space as well this past summer. Okay. So you guys kind of made the transition into your own facility. Give us kind of your best elevator pitch of max level fitness and athletics. Who you guys are, what services that you provide, paint a picture so that our listener kind of understands your business model as we sit here and talk about it today. You know, we're the place you can come and uh, you can guarantee yourself a great workout, but it's not like a cookie cutter gym where you're only going to be using light weights or body weight stuff. We incorporate barbell moves into our daily exercises um, and we try and check all the boxes of strength training, cardio training, uh, core training, those kinds of things. Uh, so we and then we cater to the entire family. Um, 
our programs start at five in the morning and go until 10, 10 a.m. But then after school, we have programs for the youth and the, uh, the kids so that athletes can work out after school and that kind of thing. So uh, we're a family facility and we like to do um, all the major lifts, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I would okay. say like, I would say um, if you take fitness serious, whatever age you are, if you are a fitness professional and you need a space, if you are an adult athlete, a former athlete, or if you're a youth athlete, like this is the place for you. If you want to walk in and be self-sufficient and know what to do and know why you're doing it and it's part of your day, like this is where you're supposed to be. Okay, definitely. So this is mostly done in a group atmosphere. From what you're saying, that's kind of what it sounds like. Do you offer any other services on top of the group, the group training? Absolutely. We do personal training as well. Um, you can, uh, you can, you know, you can get private sessions where it's you and a group of your, uh, your friends, that kind of stuff. So our major program is set to a large group schedule but there's always uh, personal training available if you're interested. Yeah, like our gym, there's a class going on and then there's trainings going on around us or around the corner in the studio. So there's a ton of options. You can do whatever you want in there really. Right. We, we also offer an all access pass for like CrossFit individuals who know what they're doing. Um, they'll come in and they'll do the wad in the space that is away from everyone and you know in their own little area too, so. Okay. So with the personal training side, let's kind of talk about that for a second. You guys, do you, you have contractors who utilize this space, right? They're not employees of your facility. Is that correct? Correct. So everyone's an independent contractor. No one's an employee. Some of those independent contractors coach our program, our weekly program, as well as personal train our clients. Some of them personal train their own clients and pay a rental fee, whether it's by month or by hour. Okay. So you're, so that's how the gym makes money from, from the personal training. Your trainers are paying some sort of rent to you guys in order to utilize the facility. Absolutely. Yes. We also have like, oh, sorry. We also have like um, a dance fitness group. She's a Miami heat dancer, former dancer. She's amazing. And she brought hip hop in for an adult class. And now she's starting a youth hip hop group using our studio space. Okay. Nice. So what if you had to kind of look at the business and, and it's okay if you don't know exact numbers, that's totally fine. Um, but like what percent of your revenue business wise is coming from that personal training department? Mm, do you mean like rentals from people renting? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, that's where your revenue comes from when it comes to personal training is, is the rent. It sounds like that's how you guys make your money from it. So if you had to look at the revenue coming into your business, is it a smaller percent of what you do or is it kind of the bread and butter and, and the main percent? It's a, small, it's a percent. small percent. The bread and butter would definitely be our program. A large group program. And then those people who supplement or their wives or husbands or kids do personal trains with our coaches who get, um, uh, 40% and we, the gym takes 60%. Okay. Is the personal training side of the business that there's some level of opportunity to grow or are you kind of happy with that being kind of the, you know, where it's at currently? Um, I think with where society is, it's hard to grow because everyone wants, you know, their own business and their own name and they want their own Instagram, I love you, their own Instagram handle. And that's where they do their business. Um, and then also, you know, the pride part, it's hard to find coaches who are okay, you know, 
doing it at a gym that's not named after them. So there's huge potential. I just think that there needs to be a shift amongst personal trainings where it's like, I'm here to either be seen and you know get likes or I'm here to make money. And I don't think a lot of the personal trainers are really in it right now, not at our gym, but just in general, um, to hustle and get clients. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people come in and we, we assign them trainings, um, but we started you know, in parks with our family and like, mm -hmm. You know, so I just think it's a lot of trainers are younger now and a lot of them don't either know how to do reach out and have that relationship that's face to face and actually get clients. Um, so I think that's what I'm facing from my end. What I see, I don't know what you see that we see too. He's listening to the kids. He's um, so we're just talking about, do you think the personal training market that we rent to is global? Is it a focus for us? Yes. But like, they're so Oh, definitely. Oh, you know, I mean, as a coach, you probably know it's hard to replicate yourself. Hello. <laughs> you said hi. Okay, bye-bye. I love you. Go to school. I'll see you in a little bit. I love you. Okay, it's sorry. probably hard to, um, you know, it's probably hard to find good coaches or people that can do the things that you do on a regular basis. So as much as we see personal training um, being a lucrative part of our pursuit, it also is the most difficult because like Tanya mentioned, um, a lot of people come in expecting to be given clientele. Um, you know, they don't have that grind where they're out finding their own people. And then uh, it's the match, you know, sometimes being the business owner, if they have an experience with me and they get to meet me, um, sometimes, you That's know. That's all they want. Yeah. You know, and then, so it's it's hard, I would say. Yeah, I understand. I mean, I, I definitely respect the trainers who want to come in and hustle and, and figure the business out on their own. But I also understand, you know, like from a business standpoint, if we help feed leads to our trainers that we have in our facility, like we're both winning because like we're going to be making money. So it's kind of like a, we have to, we have to, have somebody who has that hustle. And we, as the business owners, if we want to allow personal training in our facility, we do have to have some level of like, we're pushing it as well. It's kind of hard to find that, that balance, but okay. So the main, you know, you guys are doing these group training sessions, um, you know, for the whole family, you've got some youth stuff, you've got some adult stuff. Um, talk to us about, you know, membership. What does a normal membership to your facility look like? Is it a monthly thing? Is it a per class thing? You know, what options do you have for your clients to utilize? I think we have an option for everyone. Uh, we do drop-ins. We do weekly passes. We do monthly uh, memberships where you can just pay month by month for four weeks limited. We also do an auto pay membership where it's a minimum of three months, but it locks you in for a whole year at that current rate. And then we also do um, 90 day pushes, which are offered once every quarter for like a huge discount. So you get 90 days, which is 13 weeks instead of 12 weeks. Um, it's about 25% discount from the highest price. So everyone has an option for the most part. Yeah. A big part of what we offer, in addition to Unlimited, is a 10-pack. So we get a lot of kids with so much on their schedule um, that it's hard for them to commit to a month that will run out or expire, or to even say that they'll be there like four or five times a week when they have so much going on. So a lot of people buy packs of 10 that they get to use, and they don't expire until after six months. So that's also another one that's used pretty often. 
Okay, so kind of a few different options there. For sure. Yeah, and 10 packs are really popular with the athletes because a lot of them go from unlimited to in season and they still want to come on the weekends or do their lifts and stuff like that. So everyone, I kind of have homie deals, I call them. They're in the system, but not advertised for people who can only come two times a week. So they get eight a month. And, you know, everyone, we want people in there if they want to be in there. Mm-hmm. Okay. So with, you know, those are your different memberships. How many members do you guys have right now? We have about three to 400, but like 200 regular ones. So I would say we see about 200 people regularly. We have about 300, 400 total in and out, in and out of the gym. Okay. So you mentioned something there that you have like kind of the unlimited membership. Is that billed monthly or how does that work? You can bill it monthly or quarterly. Okay. Monthly, quarterly, so yeah. With that, like how many people do you have on like ACH auto billing? So auto pay is probably check, but usually it drops at this time because we do um, the push. So people usually cancel there after three months to get the push. We have about 30 to 40 on monthly auto pay and then quarterly auto pay. We just did a, um, a Black Friday deal for that, probably about 20. Okay, gotcha. So we've got about 300 or, or around 200 people using the gym at any given time. But for us to kind of predict our monthly revenue, our auto pays, we've got around 30 to 40 of those. Um, yes, that's is there, right now. Yeah. yeah. Is there a reason why you guys don't push to get more people on auto pay? Because like as a business owner, that's really nice to kind of have that monthly reoccurring revenue that we can count on. So this tracks auto pay through credit cards. I will give people auto, auto pay discounts um in quotations like the auto pay rate if they're paying me cash or venmo so it's probably more than 35 it's 35 in our system for credit cards okay why do you do cash or venmo why would you do cash or venmo (laughs) i'm just kidding um it's just we all know the real answer there but yeah yeah, we know (laughs) um it also makes it convenient for people we charge a three percent credit card fee um now just because we were getting hit so for so long because I, we as weren't. a business owner, I should have looked at the other side of my body. Um, but the, I, we were paying a thousand a month in credit card fees. So it's a, also an option to give them uh, their current rate without it increasing with that 3%, but also an incentive for them. So it's just, it works out. If I trust you and I know if I hit you on Venmo and I don't have it to follow up, I don't mind doing it. Do you ever have people that like are kind of paying as they go like that? Um, like, yes. off. like um do they drop off no we usually have people you know honestly the people who we see leave are the few who do like a new year's or one year and then after their years like that want the deal um we don't really have anyone that and i would say leaves. that's that's probably why we you don't hear more of us like you know we're pushing for this number or we need to have a hundred like we certainly have goals but it's also like, if you're not, if you don't want to be here, you're not going to be here, right. you know, and we, we don't want you to stay either. So it's like, um, a lot of people who work out with us, work out with us through word of mouth. They've worked out with us for years. People have followed Tanya from every single gym she's ever been at. And it's more of a relationship in a community. And we started off with it being Tanya and Nate. That was the first name of our business, Tanya and Nate Train. 
And then we realize we have to get away from it being about us in order to scale it to a point where it wasn't us being there every day. So that's when we came up with Max Level and made it more of the community. Like, you know, we, we have more expectations for, or I just remember like when I was starting out, if I had this kind of place, it wouldn't even have been a question for my success, you know? And I just want to kind of provide that same place that I always wanted when I was starting out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we had access to so much and we were paying a huge part of his rent at the same time. Like, you know, none of the big stuff fell on us. So we want to provide the environment for so many people. And like Nathaniel said, Nate said, um, if you don't want to be at our gym, like I will gladly refund you no matter what contract you're in. Like, I don't want people here that don't want to be here because we are a vibe and we are a community and our member holiday party is tonight. We're having like a big happy hour. So, you know, it's like very, you know, family-based. We know everyone. I have a master's in PR. So like marketing for me is a tool. It's not really um, like it doesn't have, I don't have a marketing budget. I don't really believe in that. I think it's all relationship-based for the community we live in specifically. Our business is not franchisable. You cannot duplicate um, the relationships we've built with our families and friends, honestly. It's just for us, we can't. Yeah. So, you know, you just said something there that sparked my interest. You know, you said you had a master's in PR, which is really cool. Not a lot of people in the fitness world have studied really anything else. So um, with that, you also mentioned that you feel like you don't need marketing in your specific area. So what do you guys do? Like, what are your specific things that you guys are doing to get new members in and to grow that way? So let me like retract that slightly. I don't think you don't need marketing. I just don't think, um, I don't like to pay for a lot of ads and I don't like to, you know, pay for a lot of that. I think it's a lot of relationships and then you market to those relationships. So for example, um, I think of revenue streams as new, new money, which is completely new clients, um, new old money, which is a new revenue stream from our current client, like their husband or additional trainings or upgrading in a package. And then old, old money, which is the money that just keeps coming in consistently, the members who've been there for years. So it's more of like, what can we do for them? And I think our members always are like, thank you for doing like deals for us, not to just get new people to the door. So if there's a I will do, we will do deals for new people, but you best believe the member deal is always going to be better. And the members just got a deal right before that. Yep. So that's, we're kind of working to find our way to do more marketing towards the right people. But you know, I don't want to be the gym on TV. That's $99 for the month. Cause it's never going to be $99 for the month. And there's a lot of gyms like that. And I'm not like, that's for them. That's totally fine. Some people love that, you know, but it's just not and what we are. A little bit more targeted to like, we reach out to coaches teams um again our our goal is to get um other businesses in there so that we don't have to be there ultimately so if i can find coaches other personal trainers that i know have their own business going on and you know we reach out to them we reach out to the schools that's where our marketing lies our emails and stuff like that yeah. more than just trying to get hey come in and work out with us and sign up for a year and hope you like it you know right like we work with a, a local fire department this will be our third right. year contracted we've worked with the saratoga like our high school lacrosse girls teams right. and the baseball teams so like the marketing we do is like to them to you know for them to come in and use the space like we just randomly reached out to a professional lacrosse player to come we paid him to come coach some of our girls you know he's making nice hourly little cut and then we're making a bunch too so just things like that right yeah 
Okay. So a lot of relationship built marketing and I kind of, you said something there, like, we don't want to be the gym that offers $99 per month memberships. And I want to say like props to you guys for, for believing that because we should never, ever devalue our service to market ourselves. That's the worst mistake that any business owner can make. If your product or service is worth more than $99, then we should never devalue it because that's a waste of our time and it's a waste of our money. So when it comes to like marketing and ads, we have to, you know, think of ways that we can promote ourselves that will bring in that the right clientele. You guys are working with a lot of sports teams and things like that. Talk to me about your presence on social media. Is that something that you also use to grow and get those faces that you're looking for in the door? Social media. I love me some social media, but at the same time, our our market, whether it's athletes or adults, is going to be on Facebook because the athletes are on Instagram and TikTok, but guess who's paying for those services? The parents and guess where they are? Facebook. So um, yeah, we do ads. Yeah, we put our promos out. Um, we're trying to be better about doing content videos within our gym, but at the same time, a lot of people don't really want you up in their face. So it's a hard balance for me. It's like, these people are here every day that we need to post online that they've been to the gym. They don't need a status update. It's like part of their life. So, you know, it's kind of our Facebook marketing is more of a private Facebook group. It's like, Hey guys, we've got this going on. Do you want this? Um, what like more of it's more, I guess, audience driven marketing than it is anything. Um, and then like, you know, we'll do our ads and we push our stuff online, but the video content, the athletes like it, obviously. And a lot of our athlete coaches are really good about it, but for the most part, you know, we'll do, we'll pay for videos every quarter or pay for, for um, photo shoots for our coaches and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Um, Facebook, you know, no matter who you are, what age group that you're marketing to Facebook works in yes. today's, today's age, it works. Um, talk to us about the ads that you guys have utilized on Facebook, because I think that that's an area that a lot of business owners that I've talked to on the podcast and even beyond, like they're really, almost afraid to take that step and utilize ads on Facebook. So when you guys run Facebook ads, is it something that you see an overturn on investment on, or does it kind of vary depending on, you know, different factors? Honestly, we don't pay as for as much Facebook ads as we would mind body. I pay on mind body for our packages to be promoted on the app, which is the mind body takes a little cut of that, but I see a number of people coming through that. Um, they have like the homepage of mind body is, is very, um, useful for local people visiting. Um, so I put a lot more advertising money into pushing them and giving mind body a cut Facebook. I don't think we've tracked it enough, right? I don't think we tracked it or done enough on Facebook. We we're not, you know, like we'll push our videos, but we won't do a click this button now to sign up for a membership, yeah. you know? So we haven't really, we haven't really done that um that form of marketing through facebook we just you know we we try to promote the things that we want to get across to people um more than you know hey click this button and sign up here so so instead of like a click this and sign up for a membership here like what if you guys did like click here for a free i don't know if you do a consultation for click here for a free consultation or click here to try a class or something like that is that something that you would be opposed to trying 
so we we learned a long time ago and this took me a while to get used to um and it was something i learned from tanya and it, i think it kind of goes with what you mentioned before about you know the value like we've learned we we don't give anything away for free anymore nothing. you know there's nothing you could you know um no first try class like if you try the class and you don't like it please pay on your way out you know like that's or so, if you do like it, we will gladly credit it to your package yeah, and, and like not rip you off. Absolutely. So, um, you know, it's definitely. Uh, well, why we do that, though, is too, is because those people that don't pay need the most attention during the entire class. So like that coach took a lot of time and effort to make sure the new person didn't get hurt or has that had should have paid for an hour consultation, but didn't want to pay for that person's one hour of time dedicated to just them. So like Nathaniel said, like, I don't do personal trainings anymore. Um, I'll only do classes. I personally don't have the bandwidth mentally <laughs> to be there because a lot of personal training isn't the training part. It's a lot of the um, mental health and a lot of a lot of other things. And I I'm very I love to talk to people, but it was just too much for me. And he simultaneously doesn't like to be an enter trainer and do the classes and be up in front of everyone. So we kind of like split that and he does more of those and I do less. But um, like he said, you're not going to get an hour of, of any of our coaches time because we're going to pay them. We'll discount it but but we're crazy <laughs> no i mean i i don't give classes away either um yeah. we don't do a free trial offer but we just have like a free consultation like that's our primary like um ad that we run that's like the thing that people click on so it's like come yeah. in for a free consultation and that consultation is us selling them into a class yeah. Totally. or personal training or whatever it is. So we get them in for that consultation, sit down, talk to them about what they've tried, what they want to do, what their goals are. And we sell them in whatever package makes sense for not only them, but for their goals as well. Um, and then we'll show them around the gym or whatever, get them ready for their first class. So that's something that has worked really well for us that way. Like we can track who's coming in through social media versus who's coming in through referrals and things like that. That's a good idea. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Um, is it is it super successful like with the consultation do you sign them on pretty high percentage i mean we are really good at sales so yeah, yeah. Okay. our conversion rate is very high we've got about an 80 percent conversion rate industry average conversion rate for people like coming in for trials or consultations is like lower than 60. So you have to really make sure that the team that's doing your consultations, whether it be you two or somebody else would be like good at selling yeah. the yeah. products. Right. I got okay. How long do those take you? How much, how long do those cut? Like 20 minutes, 30 minutes? 20, 30 minutes at the most. It's not, not bad. Um, okay. So next question here, looking at your business, we all have bumps. We all have bottlenecks, things that keep us awake at night. When it comes to the business, what's that bottleneck for you guys? And what are you going to do to overcome that? Who, from a business perspective? Yeah. Like where it's just things get stuck. And I think one of our biggest issues from a business perspective is a lot of our coaches mm -hmm. are just that. They are coaches. That's you, Rumi. Um, they are only there to coach. Um, a lot of, you know, they get, they're great coaches, but to have them be able to ring a credit card out or, you know, that's where I'm finding issues, but that's a management like I'm always going to have to manage those situations. So it's just kind of micromanaging at this point, I guess, making sure people are paying for their services and doing, doing what they're supposed to do. So 
that's an ongoing business issue. And then, you know, the athletes are another one. We don't make people pay before they sign up because yes, it's a headache to have them in there unpaid, but it's more of a headache to not have them be able to sign up and then think you're not getting any kids or have 20 walk through the door. So another issue is, you know, making sure parents are paying for their kids that have walked through the door 10 to 15 times. But um, I just invested in marketing little pay cards. So now I'm sending having the coaches send the kids home with a pay card that they can scan the barcode for Venmo or PayPal and send the package just to be more proactive instead of, you know, having to follow up with parents and call and text. Okay. Yeah. Tactics that are things that are. So like what's keeping us stuck from moving forward. Yeah. Like, any yeah. Like what, like I kind of think of a bottlenecks as like something that like, if not taken care of, it could prevent us from the growth that we're looking to make in the future. I think, um, you know, me, I kind of, I always pull back into like being a coach, you know, I'm, I'm an athlete. I was, you know, I was raised as an athlete. You know, the only thing I ever wanted to do was be in fitness or be some kind of athlete. So I need to be a better executive. I need to always be a better leader. And I think if I get caught up just saying, okay, well, the trainings are fine or, you know, as long as we're providing good workouts, things are good, but I'm learning so much um, as a business owner, you know, how much more it takes than just being a good strength coach. So I think for me, it's constantly learning new tactics, new business strategies to stay, you know, um, to stay relevant, to stay above um, and to make sure, you know, we're growing in the right direction. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the, that's the tough part. We're fitness people generally, and we're really good coaches, but it's hard to find the time a lot of times to work on the actual business. Cause we're so caught up in the day-to-day -day of, of the business being the coach being, you know, you guys are parents too. So like, yes, you've got to be parents. Like it's hard to find the time to focus on both elements um how is this something that like you feel like you could like what do you feel like you could do to kind of alleviate that a little bit we're very fortunate that we have each other just say that. so we're lucky that you know tanya's strengths are a lot of things that you know i might be a little weak at um so being able to rely on her has been a great strength for for me personally and you know as a business person so i think you know continuing to foster that relationship where you know we're bosses and executives together and listening doing that kind of stuff communicating so uh we like to read a lot of books we like to read and be involved in a lot of podcasts and things like that so um the goal is to always stay educated in yeah i think like nathaniel said like if it wasn't the two of us i don't think we would be as successful as we are and i I don't really measure success in money anymore. I measure success in how I spend my time and how I how I choose to spend my time. And this year has been very eye-opening for me specifically. So I find us to be successful in that we can make good money, but provide other people with an environment to do the same and stay healthy, but also be in control of our own lives. So, you know, that's something. And like Nathaniel said, um, a lot of my strengths are or a lot of my weaknesses are his strengths he's got the science background but at the end of the day i always say i'm not my passion is about helping people and it just happens to be through fitness um and i just have to happen to really like to crunch numbers and know all the business side of stuff so 
I think we balance each other out and it's not really rocket science when it comes to exercise. It's all a science. It's just in the art of how you deliver it. And I think Mm -hmm. together we're always trying to be better at how we deliver. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I really, really appreciate that you guys like see that as something that's important because like not all gym business owners are thinking of these things. Um, a lot of people are just like waking up every single day doing their training and like they're in the trenches and there's like literally no way out. So I appreciate that you guys are thinking about the bigger picture. And like last but not least here, want to give you guys the opportunity to share where our listeners can go to follow you guys online if they're interested in getting a visual for what you guys do over there at Max Level. Yeah, sure. So our website is yourmaxlevel.com, Y-O-U-R-M-A-X-L-E-V-E-L.com. And our social handles are max underscore level underscore fitness underscore athletics on Facebook and on Instagram. Yeah. Perfect. Excited to go and check it out myself. I've seen the website. I haven't looked at the social media yet. So I'm excited to get a visual Um, and want to thank you both for making some time today to give back to the fitness industry a little bit. Listeners, thanks for tuning in. Don't forget, if you want to stay notified about our future episodes, hit like and subscribe. And if you want to join us for an episode here at the Gym Lords podcast, fill out the link in the description. Our team will get in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.